Hey everyone, welcome to the Threadcast. Ryan Smith here. Hope that you are doing well. And I hope this uh, Threadcast finds you in a good spot in this world, um, in your day, in your week, in your tribe, wherever you might find yourself. Um, con- continue conversations about the triangle that we put forth. It's a, if you're just listening to this for the first time, we have this, we use this idea of the triangle um, to work on what it means to have a balanced life. Now, when you hear that, I want you to hear that we are not professing that we are balanced people, but that we do have a way that we're trying to work on being balanced, what it means to examine, to look at who we are. And so um, using the triangle, we have three main areas of our lives, we believe, whether you are a, a, a Christ follower or a spiritual person or not, that all three of these aspects of your life exist, the self, the tribe, and the world. And the self is simply the, the idea of you and yourself. Um, and, and where you're at, and then the tribe is the is a small groups of people that you find yourself in day in day out that have uh, that speak into your life, and then the world is everybody outside of yourself, outside of tribe, and so the world could be literally the whole world, or it could be just uh, the grocery store down the road, or um, the gas station, or it could be all the way on the other side of the world, right? Um, so those are the three areas that we see in your life that um, that you have contact with that. Um, the idea is that you interact in those areas. And today, I want to um, talk about world, um, just the concept. We have, we have other words that go inside these three words that help you kind of focus uh, more intently on how to maybe um, develop yourself in those areas. And so under world, we have welcome, environment, justice, and culture. Those are talks in themselves. But today, I want to focus on the idea of world because I think world is one of those things that it for a lot of people... It is a tough subject to grasp. It's a tough subject to add. Like, how do I interact with the world? And I think, I think sometimes there's even pushback with my interaction with the world um, on a lot of different levels. And so um, today I want to just kind of talk about the idea of how important it is to focus on world um, and how I, the, the, that, that transition of just um, focusing on from self and tribe, um, that there needs to be a transition into including world. Now, I want you to hear as we talk about the triangle, when we talk about one of these three words, we think they're equally important, that uh, all three need to exist equidistant in your life from each other, um, that ideally when you are balanced, they are all three prominent in your life and that you are working in all three areas. Now, that doesn't always happen, right? We get that. So when you hear me say when I, today when I'm talking about world, it's not to the neglect of yourself or the neglect of your tribe. Um, but today is an emphasis on world, so you'll he- be hear me talking about that um, in this. Now, I'm going to start off with just um, the best way I could get there in helping you maybe see this. Um, it's going to feel like this is a political post, um, and, and it's not meant to be a political vlog at all, though it's going to have some political bent at the beginning. So um, wherever you find yourself at in that conversation as I, as I use this, this example, um, please give me some grace. Um, as we walk through this and let me kind of get through the end to just kind of show you where we're going, right? And so I'm going to make an observation. Um, I'm going to make a statement, and it is a very broad statement, and it may not even be a fair statement. You don't have to agree with it, and I'm okay with that. I'm not going to argue it. But it's kind of going to get me going in the direction I want to today. And so I believe um, that those who have not traveled outside the United States or more likely to be nationalistic over global-centric. And what I mean by that is that 
in my observations, those who haven't traveled outside the borders of the United States, um, they are very deeply passionate about how awesome America is, how great America is. Um, um, to, uh, in my opinion, the detriment of other countries outside of this. Now, again, that is a broad swiping statement, and I get that. And so please give me grace in this. But but I think this idea that, that for me, um, I was that same way. But then when I was in college, I had the, the, the fortune to spend a semester overseas in Greece and to travel around Europe and Turkey and Israel and... To this day, I still believe that that semester changed my life more than any of that. My perspective, my global perspective, my my personal perspective, my my U.S. perspective was altered forever because of that experience. Um, now, does that mean that people have never traveled outside can't have a better view of the world? No. Can those that travel can still be nationalistic? Yes. Okay. But that's kind of where I'm starting, right? So this idea that um, people who have just stayed inside the United States, um, you hear this language of that we need to, you know, in the global perspective as far as, you know, economics and and political things, that, that how great America is and and even Trump, right? You know, this idea that, that Trump talked about, we want to make America great again. And then there's this language of America first. And you, you'll get into conversation. Again, this gets into that political conversation, right? And, and whatever bit you find yourself, um, if you find yourself protecting that statement or holding closely to that statement, you'll, you'll start to hear people make statements like, well, what's wrong, right? What's wrong with... Um, with wanting to make America great? What's wrong with America first? What's wrong with, uh, you know, I have rights because of how people fought for this land. It's the land of the free, right? It's a great place. And, and I want to hear, I want you to hear me say is that, yes, I believe that as an American, we should be proud of who America is and what it has done in this world. Yes, I think America is unique and it has blessed me personally in living here. And yes, I love America, right? But we say yes, but we also need to say but, okay? So yes, but. Um, that's kind of the title of what I'm giving this, this um, threadcast today is I want you to hear that, yes, we can say that America is a great place. Yes, we can say how um, unique America is. Yes, we can say all these things, but we can't stay there. That's where the but comes into place, okay? Now, I'm trying to get off that political conversation here. Now, shift from using America to now using ourself, our, our own personal um, identity, right? And so there's this idea of self, the idea of, of, of personhood, of self-image, um, this um in this concept, this development of self, this idea of my personal identity, there's so much written about it, right? We're getting into um, psychologists and sociologists and all these people who talk about the development of the human being, the idea uh, of identity, and and that there's different stages of how an identity, a, a individual, is it matures, right? Um, and uh, there's one person I love who's a theologian, but also does some psychological and sociological kind of conversation as well, a guy named Richard Rohr. And he has uh, simplified it down into saying that basically 
every person has two halves of their life, okay? Um, and what he says is that um, the first half of your life, and, and he doesn't say it's like equally equidistance from when you're born to when you die, that, you know, if you live to be 100 uh, through the first 50 years, right? I mean, the first half of your life and your second half of your life, it could be divided 70, 30. You know, it's not necessarily this idea of like, um, it's the same for everybody. So I want you to hear that. But he does say that the first half of your life is building the concept of building self-image. And then the second half of your life, you're learning to shed that self-image. And I love, I love that language. When I first heard that, um, it, it spoke so deeply into me because I, I've found myself, I'm, I'm in that second half of my life. Um, but the idea is that there is importance first in that first half of your life where we're a child um, from the young age of, of, of birth, right, all the way to, you know, they're, they're in elementary and high school and junior high and all those stages is that they are gaining who they are, that, that we want them to, you know, we want them to learn how to drink milk, eat, eat food, right? We want them to learn how to um, to put on clothes, how to how to exist in the world, how not to run out into the street, how to to interact at school by themselves, to eventually wash in their own laundry, to going off to school, right? There's this idea that to do that, that we have to build up their self-image. And, and today there's so much conversation about how so many children, their their self-image is, is, is uh, tainted because of horrific things that have happened to them or because they haven't been allowed to, um, to grow in that self-identity. So there's this beautiful this beautifulness of, of developing that self-image okay but at the same time as important as that is we have to say yes but the idea is that if you stayed in that concept of always building your self-image you become what egotistical right you know and what's amazing again is that um, people sometimes don't get into that that second half of their life till well into their 50s 60s right and we've seen politician actors that that you know all kinds of athletes anybody anybody it's not just those groups of people but that some people have this tendency to stay that they are building their identity is more important than the people around them right there we, we see that we call them egotistical and self-centered but this idea is that a someone who is what we would say developing in a healthy manner, they're going to be, begin to learn or challenge how they shed that self-image, right? They don't get rid of who they are, but there's this transition in this idea of, I recognize something different. And why is that important? Why is that, that transition so important? Why do we long for that in ourselves? Why do we long for that in people we're, we're mentoring, that we're, we're coaching up, our own children? We want to see them go from this idea of having a healthy self-image to shedding that self-image, to recognizing there's something. And, and I think the idea is, is you know, we talk about, um, you know, we, we hope that they recognize finally that they're no longer the center of the universe, right? Because when, when you're developing that ego, that self, is that you are focusing primarily on who you are, that you are the only thing that exists in the universe. Now, we know that that's just figurative language, right? But, but it's, we, we, we talk about, hey, you've recognized you're no longer the center of the universe. But even beyond that, you recognize that there is the universe, right? That there is this whole universe 
out there, that there's not just me being the center of it, but there's actually in parts of it that I've never known existed, that I never knew was there. And the most important thing for us as Christ followers is we recognize that universe was an intentionally and lovingly made by God. And so when we begin to recognize that our universe, or that A, we're no longer the center of it, and B, that that universe is, is, is profound and prolific and beautiful. There's things out there that, that bless who we are that I am less because I don't know that universe. We recognize that, that I move out of this idea of focusing on self-image and that if I just focus on my self-image, that I miss out, that I, as, as healthy as my self-image can be, I am less than when I don't open my mind, my world, my thought to the whole creation. And so our allegiance isn't just to one thing. Our allegiance is to God. And so the idea is that God is creation. All of creation, right? And so our allegiance, you know, and we get this, right? We, when we're growing up and we're going through those stages of life, you know, um, hey, I went to this elementary, right? And we take pride in that elementary. And then I played for this sports team. Well, the next sports, next uh, season I come around, oh, I'm playing for this sports team. And so I get a whole new uniform. And then I went to this junior high. And then I went to this high school. And we recognize, you know, I get my high school senior ring, right? And how awesome is that? But how often do you wear your senior, your high school senior ring once you leave high school, right? Because because then your universe expands. And then I go to a college and and some of us will, will root for the college that we went to or the or the will root for the college that we grew up next to and, we'll, and sometimes that allegiance that collegiate allegiance will stay with us for the rest of our life is that you know we choose we root for the sooners boomer sooner or, or go aggies or what you know um you know, woo pig suey right all those things that that be, that becomes our identity but then we recognize there's something more and then we get into this nationalistic that hey how great it is america but then it expands even more and more and so it goes from city to state to country to hemisphere, I'm proud of my world, or not just hemisphere, but world, but even bigger than world is the universe. So I recognize that that not just is just the universe, but eternally, I am a created creature that exists outside of me. And so this idea is put forth that we are to transition, that we're to have this healthy self-image, this healthy self-love, right? This idea, you know, remember that the two great commands, love God, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, right? So to your love your neighbor, to do that, you have to love yourself first, right? And so there is this idea that you have this healthy self-image, but you can't stay there. And this is where we enter into that third aspect of the triangle, the world aspect, that we are not just to sit in the self and not just to sit in the tribe. Those places are so familiar. Those places are so comfortable. Those places are so easy for us. But then we start talking about world and we start talking about culture and justice and the environment and being hospitable to strangers. We get into, we get into territory that is it's hard. It's hard to make that transition. And I want us to acknowledge that, right? Um, there's a great uh, biblical example of someone wrestling with this transition from self and tribe into world. And it's the story of Jonah, right? Um, Jonah has four chapters, and it's, a, it's one of those ones we know about, you know, Jonah and the fish. But I want to walk you through the progression of the story, right? And um, there's a lot of details left out in this story, and that's a whole other conversation piece. 
But just look how the narrator, how the writer put this story down. Is that it starts off with Jonah is told by God to go to Nineveh. And it says immediately that, that, that Jonah just runs away from God. But it doesn't say why. We don't know why. And then the storm comes. You know, he's on this boat and the storm comes. And the sailors look at him and says, what have you done? And, and Jonah says, it's my fault. Um, but we still don't know why it's his fault. And then they throw him into the sea, and the fish comes. And then we have a chapter where where Jonah prays to God, and it's this whole um, inner battle of what it means to to um, recognize my fault, and but then to recognize that I'm safe with God, right? And then um, we have that, but again, we still don't know why he was put in the fish. And then and then Jonah prays, and then he spit up. And you think, you think Jonah has learned his lesson because then he goes to Nineveh and, and God gives him the message again. And this time um, Jonah gives the message to the Ninevites. The Ninevites hear it. They accept it. They change their ways. And then, and only then, do we find out why this story exists. Jonah gets angry. He gets mad. And he looks at God and he says, I knew this would happen. That's why I ran away. I knew you were a loving and compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, bounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. I knew that's who you were and I didn't want the Ninevites to experience it. I wanted myself, my tribe, to exist outside of a world where the Ninevites lived and were accepted and loved and given grace by God. And we have to give Jonah, you know, if we do some background study here, we have to give Jonah some some um, some slack here, right? And you need to know, if you don't know this idea, that the Ninevites, they were, at that time, they were this cruel group of people who had come in and literally killed, raped enslaved Jonah's world. So I have to believe that Jonah either had family members or close friends who had been slaughtered, tortured, raped, killed, enslaved, um, tormented, everything that you could think of done to them by the Ninevites. And he didn't want them to experience the grace and love. They didn't deserve it. He didn't think they deserved it because of what they had done to his tribe, to maybe even his self. And then there is um, this great um, great story that kind of goes after that story where he accepts the Ninevites. And again, I think it's a great example of, uh, you know, we recognize that Jonah is struggling from of seeing the world from self-tribe and then accepting the world, right? It says is that he's east of the city and it's hot and he's out. I'm assuming he's in the desert and he lays down and then it says that God makes this, this leaf, this leafy branch plant, whatever thing grows and it provides shade for Jonah. And it says it makes Jonah happy. But then at dawn, God provides a worm and it chews up the plant 
and the plant withers. It says that Jonah gets mad and he's angry and he says, I'd rather die than live in a world with this, right? And again, it's this idea that he doesn't see beyond his self. He doesn't see a a universe that exists where he is not the center of it, right? And we can have all kinds of conversations about this idea that, you know, God says, um, who are you? to be concerned about this plant. You didn't make it. You didn't grow it. It sprang up overnight and then it died overnight. Who are you to worry about this plant? Who are you even, maybe maybe that plant was created so that the worm could have nutrition, right? But in either way, Jonah was living in a world where it's just his self or just his tribe and he couldn't see beyond that and accept a world around him where a world could exist where he may have to give up things for the betterment of all of God's creation and not just the creation that he is comfortable with. You see where I'm going here? So there is this idea that this the struggle that everyone should face and everyone will face is this idea that, that we begin the first half of our life in, 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 in self and in developing our, our self-image. And then we, we grow that in our tribes, right? And our tribes are allow us to what experience that. But a tribe is still a safe place. And only after we begin to shed our self, then do we begin to transition into seeing the beauty and the importance of what it means to walk with the world. And so that's my challenge for you today is how do you see the world? What part of the life are you in, right? Um, When you begin to shed that self-image in that first half of your life and begin that second half of their life, you begin to recognize that the importance of things I want, the important things I need, I may need to sacrifice for the betterment of my neighbor, my worldly neighbor. And that just opens up your whole world to something new. And that's what Jesus tried to do for the Israelites. That's what Jesus tried to do for the Gentiles. That's what Jesus tried to do for all of creation. is to recognize that he created this world that is all loved by God. And so, where do you find yourself right now? Um, and are you finding yourself in the first half of this world, uh, your first half of life, where you're still developing that self-image? Or do you see yourself wrestling with what it means to start shedding it? Or now you've you, you begun shading it and you want to now, how do you inter- engage into that world? But I hope this has at least challenged you to think about that process and maybe just self-examine where you're at and maybe next steps for you. I don't I don't have those next steps for you. Those are, I think those are things you need to explore. Love to hear maybe where you're at if you need help um, working through some of that. Um, but at the same time, I think each one of us finds us in this at different stages of our life. And so that all being said, to challenge you to open up and see the importance of what it means to wrestle with the world side of the triangle and what it means for you to be someone who is welcoming and and is is into social justice and is into accepting other cultures and seeing how they can make you better and seeing how you can fight for those who can't fight for themselves. That there is not, you are not just the center of the universe. But there is a universe out there that you are better if you know it and you love it. Hope you have a great day. Grace and peace.